Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Y'all ready? What you eating there? My kids love strawberries. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm TJ Majors, and we're back from a busy weekend of racing at Pocono. Today we'll cover Ryan Blaney wrecking Kyle Busch, Bubba Wallace getting airtime, avoiding a wreck, and Boyer and Bowman's battle to the finish. Here we go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, uh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors. It's part of the 22 Cup car. The, I had the 99 truck this weekend for the first time in a long time. And a uh, full house plus a half. Yo, what's up? Brett Griffin is in the studio. He's not the half. <laughs> I'm not the half. <laughs> he might be the half. I feel like a half. <laughs> Homeboy Freddie Kraft's back with us too. Yeah, what's up Freddie Kraft? Spotted for Bubba Wallace. Kind of a slow week for me. Not much going on last week, so just a nice quiet week. Get ready to go racing. <laughs> and then our 1.5 yeah. guest over here. Yeah. Casey, not quite in the studio, but she's sitting next to me, it seems like. We tried to get her in the door, but we couldn't. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. That is rude. Uh, I'm not that large right now yet, but yes, I am from afar at home eating cereal Still stuck dealing with you guys. Can't get away from it. So, hi. You're lucky. Your lighting's better right now. It's not bad. I'm sitting in my kitchen, actually. Yeah, you you did a good job. Why do you have a ladder in your kitchen? Or is that a shelf? I think it's a shelf. Okay, my bad. Uh, it's like a blanket. No, it's a ladder. It's a blanket thing <laughs> that holds blankets. Oh. I just don't have any blankets a, on there. It's a blanket right thing that holds blankets. In my kitchen, because we use blankets <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm well no, I'm in my What do you make what do you call pigs in a blanket? Room. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. What what do people do with all these blankets they get when they have yeah. babies? Well what what are these? Do you get oh. blankets when you have babies? Oh, when you have babies, bro, you get blankets yeah, from everybody. But don't get any ideas. They're all way too small to cover you. <laughs> well, if you get enough of them, no, if, if like I get thirty or forty of them. I'm learning. <laughs> They're all just big enough to cover the baby. Ready to but... sew them together. Have my yeah. comforter. My, gra- my grandmother made a really cool deal, like um, 
like t-shirts. She did a t-shirt, like all my racing t-shirts. Yeah. She like cut them in half and sewed them together. So yeah. I have a really cool like racing blanket. Like not obviously not going to use it, but it's like hung up on one of my chairs oh, or something cool. like that. You normally Everybody get a lot. A yeah, you get a lot. Madeline or uh, Stella still has some in her closet that are just stacked up, folded that we never, never used. But you do have a lot of them. You're gonna have so many blankets like laying on the side of the crib. You're gonna not know what to do with them. So, well, actually, you can just put them on your ladder. My right, I probably will. My registry is filled with blankets right now. So blankets, bottles, what, uh, what do you passies. Need? Are you, you doing? Anything? Are you going to do passies or no passies for your baby? Yes, passies. Oh, why? I, just be careful. Make them have well, buck I teeth. I'm assuming. Yeah. Stop crying. You don't. No, you don't. Like, you don't know if they're going to take it or not. They might not even use it. No, my kids never did passies. I also yeah. never played the uh oh game. My my pet peeve as a parent is when Uh-oh. I would go out to eat and you would watch a kid drop something on the floor and all the adults at the table go, uh oh, and they pick it up and they hand it back to the kid. Now the kid throws it even further. I'm like, You're paying, playing fetch with humans, you dumbasses. <laughs> So so, so literally at my house, it was a no, you were not allowed to say the word uh-oh around my kid. Because you're training this kid to play fetch with you. I'm not playing fetch with a six-month-old kid. You know damn well he picked it up. I promise you. <laughs> and handed it back. No. I never said uh-oh and handed it back. They threw it. That, it was gone. You weren't throwing it but one so time. You so don't, you don't know if the baby's going to take the pacifier or not, just so you know. One of mine did and one of mine didn't. So you don't ever really know. If it doesn't, it's not a big deal. It's really not. It's actually well, easier. <laughs> I think that a great episode would be parenting classes from you three. So maybe we can make a segment out of it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I got great parenting well, so what a- uh, no, Chad is the only one I need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk to Chad. Go ahead and send him in next time. After that's this a, that's meeting. who our guest is going to be. Next guest yeah, be why Chad. don't you uh, get up and let Chad sit down. We'll have a conversation next week. Chad <laughs> has great parenting plans. He's going away midget racing for the last half of the year. What so. is up with him and this midget fetish you keep talking about? <laughs> Oh my god! Chad sounds like he's a very smart planner. Uh, I'll be there for the birth, and I'm I'm going to be racing for the next month and a half. Well, the first year for dudes is kind of a wash. I mean, it's hard to get into all that, man. All they do is cry and poop and pee and spit up. I'm gonna tell you what, man. When they spit up, I'm out. That's some nasty. Yeah, it's not. uh, Especially if it's so bad, and then if you, it's really bad. There's nothing like that smell. You're gonna see projectile vomiting for the first time in person, Casey, and it's disgusting. And it is going to land on you at times. Freddie's over here turning red, like man, I don't know if I want to make a baby or not. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie's like. I just feel like gonna, I, proje- I projectile vomit enough for everybody in my house. I don't think I don't think we need to add anybody else to that. Uh, Freddie knows all about it. I think I fed Malin like some sweet potatoes or something out of them. You know them little cups that you feed them from. Well, I fed her that one time, and I was playing with her, and I was laying back on the couch, and I was holding her above my head. You know, uh, playing. I had my eyes closed, and next thing I'm like, that tastes like sweet potatoes. <laughs> See, I don't do well with that stuff, man. <laughs> it was bad. I'm like, what do you do, man? It's like, uh, something okay. stinks. I'm out. Well, that it wasn't like uh, that was just sweet potatoes, thankfully. But um, yeah, <sighs> there, I'll tell you the diaper one some other time. Yeah, that, I'm good. Yeah, right it's, my diaper. I only got one good diaper one. We were at a fish camp in Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> And Joby was in a high chair, man. And uh, we're all sitting there eating fried fish. Uh-oh. And, <laughs> and, and, the, and the waitress uh, had walked behind Jovi. And I was like, well, damn, this lady has spilled honey mustard all over my kid. So I'm looking at Jovi and I look at Claudia and I'm like, 
God, I can't believe this. Where'd this honey mustard come from? Oh, no. It wasn't honey mustard. No. Oh. Was, oh. Straight, straight up or back. Gravity does not work in these situations. <laughs> no, it straight doesn't. Straight up or back. It so, does. So I pick her up with both arms. I ain't about to hold this kid close to me because there's literally <laughs> everywhere. Look so like I'm Lion walking King. through the restaurant. <laughs> I'm walking through the restaurant with my arms fully extended. Dude, I rolled straight into the women's bathroom. Chloe's like, where are you going? I was like, I ain't doing this. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. It in me. Dude, when they start teething, Casey, when, he's when they start teething, <laughs> their <laughs> stomachs tear up like you have never imagined in your life. It's Ugh. He's right, though. It's weird. Whenever they go, it doesn't go down. It goes up the back. Like, it's got arms and it climbs. It's really uh, weird. I am. Um, I was changing Malin one time on the change table, and I'm like, you lay her down, you you, you look at it, oh, oh my gosh, you know? So you go down to get some wipes and a diaper or whatever? Well, Power from the washer. Time, pretty much. <laughs> from the time I, I'd have been better with the garden hose here. I went, I reached down to get a diaper and some wipes, and I look up, and she had reached down and grabbed the diaper and went, and it, I look up there, and it's there's all over the wall. Her hair looked like it was spiked with gel in it and stuff, but it was not. I was like, oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. That fish, was a bad Fish one. camps don't have honey mustard. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. They don't even have it. That's awful. <laughs> it, it's very bad. It was, that was straight to the bathtub. Uh, it was bad. The kid comes out purple. That's rule number one. Nobody ever told me that. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Barney. It looks like a miniature Barney has been born. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if they end up having to do a C-section thingy, uh, there's a lot of smoke that rolls off your belly. I uh, wasn't aware of that. They didn't know that was going to happen. Smoke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's smoke involved. Wait, what? What are you talking about? If you have a C, if you oh, end they, up having to have a C-section, they need fire. There's, uh, <laughs> there's smoke involved. <laughs> they start a small fire. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> any when you of try this. to cut no, the cord, that damn thing will get away from you. Watch it. Like, make sure, make sure you got you got a good hold got on a it. Good grip on it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things. I just wasn't prepared for anything. I walked in there, uh, I, I think, honestly, truly just ignorant to the, about what was go down, and, and then all hell broke loose. Yep. Yeah. it. That, I don't want to tell you Then they hand stories. me the baby. Like, the baby comes out. Jovi comes out. She's 30 seconds old. And I'm like, man, look at this cute little baby. They hand it to me. I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? And they got this little round sucker thing. Yeah, they're sucking all the fluids out It's like they suck the mucus out of them. Yeah. And this lady literally walks me out of the delivery room into the other room, and she says, all right, I'll be back in a minute. I said, you can't leave me in here by myself with this kid. She said, yeah, it's going to be fine. Just take this thing and suck this mucus out and do yeah. this to it. I was like, it doesn't make the I don't kid know happy. how to operate on people. No, it doesn't I make can't. the baby happy when you're doing that either. I can't do this. So This is too much. I can't wait to see her like well, take that sucker thing and when they're got a cold or something sucking that nights, snot man. out. The yeah. sleepless nights. God. Not for Chad. He's gonna be racing. <laughs> the Chad. best thing that can happen to a man is for the woman to breastfeed because you don't have to wake up. Yeah, you just sleep. Yeah, you, I didn't. You've told me that multiple times. Yeah, if you can, it will sound like a dairy farm if they have to pump those. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad planned ahead either way, so did you yeah. get a don't pump? Worry. Did you get a pump? No, I still I haven't gotten. You don't know what's going on, Casey. You better you have you better study. You you need to go ahead and get a pump like right now. Yeah. If you don't want to get up every night, if you want Chad to help, you need to go ahead and get a pump right now. Sorry, Chad. I need to start like doing classes and class. (laughs) There's no class prepares you for what you're getting ready to go through. You open your refrigerator to look a dairy farm. Yeah, it (laughs) is. So Pocono. (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyways jason you want to make some babies <laughs> pocono let's talk about pocono pocono weird i feel like it was i don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show or not but um seven days around long? three o'clock it's, it starts raining believe it or not i don't know 
Both days, a little, little delay on Saturday, then a little longer delay on Sunday. But Just like other tracks weird. that get really hot in the afternoon. It's weird how that works. I, I feel like we haven't never talked about that, but I feel like yeah. we should have brought it up maybe. My God. Weren't we somewhere like last week or the week before that? <laughs> yes, yes. Miami. The week before. The week, the week, week before, before that. The week before. We're seven out of ten rain yeah. delays. Uh, Are we really? I mean, honestly, yeah. like. Delayed starts at least. track you know, record right now is horrible. Yeah, it's uh, not going well. We got. I'll tell you what, though. As much as we can complain about it, we got lucky. Lucky yesterday. Yes. Super lucky. That, I there thought was we a, were getting soaked right there. At there 6 was o'clock. a big. There was a decent sized storm heading right for the racetrack, and it had lightning and red and everything, and it somehow miraculously just disappeared. Dissipated. <laughs> like as it, we got a little bit, we were getting ready, one to go, and I'm like, uh, it's raining. But I'm like, <laughs> I was like, look. Like uh, blue in yeah. that movie, just throw the green, <laughs> just throw the green. We were back far enough. Don't, to... don't you feel like these tracks? This is going to be far fetched. That's odd. Yeah. Don't you feel like these tracks, especially these big tracks, should be required to set up some sort of lighting system in the corner and let our cars actually have real headlights for the straightaways? Because we can't keep doing this <laughs> as a sport. We can't keep. Not racing because of weather. I don't know if we have an oval rain tire and tell you guys, hey, good luck. Don't wreck. Right? Or if we, we got to do I something. Think we, I think we should definitely have some kind of rain tire, for, especially a place like Pocono or something. You know, as, as that race runs, I mean, obviously the track doesn't drive like a road course, but the race runs like a road course. You know, when you, you back up your race and, and pit before the end of the stage and stuff because you can't lose a lap. But, you know, for sure, I think we have, should have some kind of. I mean, I'd hate to see a rain tire at Bristol. That wouldn't work out very well. But a place nah. like Pocono, I think you could do it. I, I just, I know, like, I think it'd be so hard. You, you wouldn't see any passing at all. Oh, no. You wouldn't see any with the rooster tail these well, cars would probably throw. I mean, <laughs> only when there's wrecks. The yeah, like, I think it'd be fun to race in the rain, but realistically, if you think, like, the rooster tail and how many cars we got and how close together that we have. If we're going to be dumb uh, enough to keep starting these races at 4 o'clock in the afternoon at places with no lights to take two and a half hours to dry, we got to have a plan B. We talked about it last week. We don't have a way to hedge our bet. we got to hedge it yeah. with something. I thought it was a really good call to run the truck race at 930 that morning. Like That, that was almost perfect. It wouldn't like, cost that much money to just light the corners up. Just light them up. we got to I mean, do something. We, we saw what they make in these TV revenues. I mean, they, they, they've got the cash on hand to spend. I if mean, you have a cup race, if you have a cup race, you're required to have lights. If I were to build a racetrack, it, whether I wanted night racers or not, I would, I would plan it to have lights to start with. You have to. got I think to. You have to. Like, you're not you're not stuck in such a box. Um, look at Martinsville for the longest time. We were now we got all night to run there. Um, I definitely think. I mean, you're looking at Sunday. You know, you're you're sitting there and it's sunny out, or you know, there's like a sun shower, there's a rainbow over turn one, and then you're looking and going. If it rain now it's four o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock, and you're going. If it rains one more time, we're going home. Like yeah. we, there's no, we have no. Even though there's how many more hours in the day, you're going home. Michigan at four or five o'clock. Michigan is going to be a struggle. Yeah, Michigan this week. You know, if we get this week's race starts at four o'clock. If there is one rain shower at three o'clock, you're you're going to be in trouble for getting that race in. We're starting these races when they used to end. I'll tell you what they did. What they did smart on Sunday also was, and I think they were trying to do it on Saturday was get out there, the rain's coming, we see the rain coming, get out there and get a lap in, get the race started. Because what that does is takes away the, we need to start the race with the expectation of finishing it. You know, you've now you've started the race with the expectation of finishing yeah. it. You've got a delay, now you can run, we can restart and run till dark. Which I thought we were, I, I was surprised we got the whole racing yesterday. Me too. It, it, you know, we ran green obviously to the end there, which helped. But I, we were doing the math, I'm like, man, we've got like, 
60 minutes to run 80 laps. I don't, I don't think this is going to work, you know. But, but it's really – if they can obviously get a lap in, that's why you kind of see that. And people go, what the hell are you starting for because the rain's coming? That's why they're doing it. You know, they, they get these races started so that then they can restart without having to have I mean, the really, expectation they could start, finish. though. There was no reason they shouldn't oh, yeah, have started. No, yeah, it's not like they're changing anything, no. but I'm glad they got it underway, though. What do you think about from – I mean, obviously there weren't any fans there. But what do you think about running two cup races on back-to-back days as far as, as, far as us? I mean, the more racing, the better for me. I don't mind working it from there. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was good for the. We got we knocked two races out. A uh, lot of, and no race. I mean, to me, nobody dominated each one. We had different guys leading both races. Uh, different pit strategies playing out the whole time. Um, I thought it was good. I think you. I mean, I don't know, man, but I mean, from just a fan perspective, I thought it would be. Obviously, the fans weren't there, but I think it would have been phenomenal because you could have bought one infield camping spot. And you're there for four or five races, man. Like You watch the, a race, eat, watch we, another we, one. We keep talking about our season is too long, and I keep hearing it's going to be equally as long next year. But when you look at us pulling that off at Pocono, like I look at a Michigan, I look at a Dover. Obviously, Dover's one race next year. But I look at some of those places, and I'm like, man, there's no reason we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I think so. That You get a full weekend of racing for people to go to the racetrack and camp when you do that. I think it's a great idea. I, I saw a lot of people on social media talking about how great Sunday was, you know, having the three races. You get up in the morning, you're eating your breakfast, you're watching the truck race. Then, you you know, you hang out, you're watching the Xfinity race. Then, obviously, you know, you hang out and probably hopefully drunk by the time the cup race rolls off. It reminds me of Memorial Day. You wake up in the morning, you watch F1. Like. Grab yeah. lunch, you watch the Indy 500. Dinner time is the Coke 600. Like, yeah. I felt like we did our own little triple right there. And yeah. I mean, hey, like we said, we got lucky on the weather, but what a great day to be a race fan. I don't know if it's was good or not, but I'm, I'm telling you that 9:30 truck race Sunday morning, I thought was awesome. Dude, I woke up and turned oh, the on racing sports. Was a little scr- woke up and turned on sports. <laughs> my, my, Perfect. My only issue, I mean, I love the truck race. I love the length of the truck race, but there is no way we should have stage breaks in that race. Like, no, it's a 60 lap race. If you want to, okay, I understand you kind of kind of keep things uniform. If you want to have stage points. Just give them out at lap 15. Stay green. Top 10 is the top 10 at lap 15 and keep digging because you take pretty much a lot of the strategy away from these races, having 15. And then we have all these wrecks. I think the first, by the time I had a rookie driver, Derek Krause, and by the time we were through the second stage, I think he had made maybe 10 laps of competitive racing in 30 laps of, of you know, being under green or yellow. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just too short. I think you just run the race. Maybe you just have a and, stage and break and just, at the end of the second one, just where you're running at the end of the first yeah, one. Or just one. You know, if, if you want to have a stage break, have one maybe. But I think you could still award points at lap 15 without stopping. Just award points to your top 10. Then if you want to stop at 30, which is halfway, give everybody a chance to reset or whatever. But, I mean, just it seemed like it was, you know, you, even when you stop, even if it was not a bunch of cautions, you're going to have a stage break at 15. Okay. So now we're going to run our two or three laps like we always do, you know, wait for a lap to pit, open pit road. So now you're coming to green with 10 to go in the second stage. So it's just, I don't know, it's just. There's no reason for the Xfinity Series or Truck Series to have two stages anywhere, two stage break. It should be a halftime in those races, and that's it. It should We should never stop twice for those races. They're too short. Yeah. The guys don't get a chance to pit under green. They get the cup. They're at the deficit. They haven't had to do that. Like, yeah. I, I don't like it. I've never liked it. And I, li- I like the short. I think the short race, you know, the 60-lap race was love good it. you know I, I, I think that's great you Thank know especially goodness, a place like there. yeah i didn't have time i you know only had 10 hours for the cup race you so. want to make it more interesting make a smaller fuel cell yeah Man. i'll tell you and the one thing i don't understand and i guess was just i don't know how this merge as well but you know you've got arca and trucks so now 
in my mind, Arca is your is your single A, Truck is your double A, obviously Xfinity is triple A. Why is the Arca race twenty laps longer than the truck race? The Arca race was eighty laps with half the truck, half the cars, and probably a quarter of the competition, and and now your truck race is sixty laps. Like why is know. one longer than the other? I'm glad it was. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That race took – it literally took us an hour that to run was, the uh, first stage. Yeah, it was forever long. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, you could probably get away with one one stage, like a halfway deal or, or even like a even like a one-third, you know, I don't know, something so, some kind of in, a little bit before middle or something. I don't know. Arca like has no place. Once again, I mean, I said it about Talladega. They don't need to be a Pocono, man. I don't see it. I don't get it. I think yeah. Daytona in the beginning of the year is okay. That usually gets a pretty I good agree. amount of cars. But I agree. I think that's uh They need to be short track racing. So do the trucks, but ARCA really does. Yeah. Because ARCA was kind of in place to let kids run on a big track they, to get approved for a big track. Now we have cup guys showing up that we've never heard of, and where do they debut? Yeah. <laughs> Michigan. That, that, Daytona 500. It used to be the old ABC program, ARCA Bush Cup. Yeah, well, that, was, that was how kid, you got there. The Talladega guy ran Pocono, right? Yeah. 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 But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's kind of run its course in terms of what it was meant to do, which was give you an opportunity to get experience on a big track before you got into the Bush Series at a big track. Now it's just like, approved. Everybody can come. Tell Chad we want to go cup racing, Casey. Yeah. Daytona we're 500. Yeah, we're working our way there. TJ's driving. <laughs> I'm Jill, in. You work on sponsorship. I got some. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> or we have offer pad. Yeah. We do have offer pad. We got pad. offer pad. Perfect. Done. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Well, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hi, we're OfferPad, the new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Spot on, spot on, spot on, spot off. Spot on, spot on, you like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic, Ryan Blaney, Rex Kyle Busch, spot on, spot off, TJ. I didn't see what there. Something happened before that, um, I'm guessing. I didn't see it happen. And when I looked up there, Kyle was already wrecking. Um, I did see a replay, and it looked like Ryan got into him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if something happened before that or not. Uh, I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't went back and looked or anything. But uh, I don't know. if he, if he. It definitely wasn't Ryan's fault. If he had enough, he's had enough. <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't know. Same thing as TJ. I saw a replay of it. Did you see this replay? Yeah. I mean, Kyle runs up on a lap car, and Blaney runs him over. I mean, runs him over. And I don't know if – and and these cup cars, especially at, Brist, uh, at Pocono, like it was hard to pass, obviously. So if you have the opportunity when you run – you know, you got big momentum on a guy, you almost have to take a risk to try and get around him. But you also probably should not drive straight into his left rear quarter panel. And I mean, goodness. it looked to me like, like Blaney had, ran up on a guy that ran up on a lap car. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but I don't know if there was, I don't know if like some, you know, we've heard rumors there was something maybe before that where, where Kyle raced Ryan hard. Um, but I mean, goodness, he run him over. <laughs> I am 1000% spot off because when I see a wreck, 
the last I, last thing I want to see is some cartoon version of a replay. Did you see that crap? Like, we literally are looking at a television in 2020, and it is a cartoon version of the wreck, and it shows Kyle's car overlaying with Blaney's car, and Blaney's car is like a third of the way into Kyle's <laughs> Blaney's car. Blaney's in his back seat. Let me explain something to you. That can't happen, people. Uh, Ryan's the, car would have been a little more damaged. The law of physics does not allow this cartoon portrayal that you're trying to get us to watch. They did it, and I don't know if you guys caught this. We were watching, we were watching the Xfinity race, and they did it like during their crank it up segment. They're out there, you know, and it was like a shot of this, shot of that. Then there was like a shot off of the corner, like a speed shot on the wall, and it was cartoon cars going by. And I'm like, what in the hell is that? Like, I'm assuming that's there that it's similar to the SMT stuff that we have, you know, like that the teams are watching because that's all cartoons, also. Which I don't, I don't understand how SMT even exists. How do you take my IP, which is my talent? And give it away to the world. Just give it to everybody. Give it to hey, everybody. Hey, Kyle Bush is driving into one with this much more brake than us, 200 feet deeper. Do like, you think that Steph Curry is going to let you put sensors all over his body and let you see exactly how he shoots and then give it to every single player in the NBA? I'm sure. I'm not talking about via a video game outlet. I'm talking about truly this is the art. This is his craft he's perfected. And here's how he does this. We're going to distribute all the players so you guys can shoot like Curry. That's crazy. Anyway, the cartoon thing, get it get it out of here. It doesn't belong. The replay that I saw, so I'm standing beside Josh Williams, who spots for Blaney, and he's like, man, Kyle kept, Kyle kept chopping us. And, and, I mean, look, we know what that's like. You get frustrated. I thought that Kyle was up the racetrack just a little bit. Clearly, there was a lap car in play getting to the tunnel, and clearly Ryan Blaney came in and just ran over the guy. But take this cartoon crap away. I can, you can see though. It might have. You can catch somebody there really fast, especially if Kyle had to get out of it right there. Like that's a. I can see where you know Blaney. It, it, yeah, I, I can see where Blaney didn't do anything wrong either. It'd be easy to misjudge right there. <sighs> Next topic: Bubba Wallace's move to avoid the spinning Ryan Priest. Freddie, spot on, spot off. I mean, spot off, best spotter in the world. Next. No. You, can't even, you couldn't even see where he so, went. So he starts spinning. I see him spinning, and I immediately you thought call, you were wrecking. I immediately called down, and that was wrong. But <laughs> uh, but you can't. So it's you guys will know. You guys can tell everybody too. But it's super flat back there. So you know, you see a guy spinning. He's in the middle of the racetrack. You don't know if he's going up. He's coming down. There's no banking back there. So I see cars scattering. You know, and I'm like, just I immediately called down. Bubba commits down, and thank God, like he throttled up and at just as but i'm like i called him to come across the racetrack when i finally could tell the way other cars were scattering that ryan was coming back across and i was just like coming across and bubba dukes a hazard style damn through the infield there jumping greats and whatever else was back there um but yeah i mean when he when i seen him commit to the bottom and i saw ryan coming across you know how it is like you're just waiting to see like and bubba's so far down that i really couldn't even see bubba's car anymore so i was just waiting to see like ryan's car jerk from hitting us and then ryan you know kept go like we got by and ryan didn't move i was like huh wow and bubba was screaming laughing should have been like bubba what i meant was he's coming down <laughs> I, I, stay up you idiot i told him on the plane i said man you should have went high what were you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Exciting, exciting move. <laughs> Slow mo is pretty funny. It was, it was. I told him we were pit road open. I said, "All right, pit four to clean pair of draws this time, please." Yeah. I said, "I'll be back." <laughs> <laughs> spot on, spot off. Clint Boyer and Alex Bowman rub fenders, battling to the line for eighth. This one was awesome. Brett, what's your take? Spot off, because it was for eighth. 
If it was for the win, man, I'd be all about it. But I don't know what Clint was doing. I think he got mad or something. I don't know if Alex packed. First of all, we were running seventh, and then we start racing Alex. Then here goes William Byron once you get two wide. He just drives by both of us, right? So then you lose that spot. Now you're looking at potentially losing two spots on the last lap. I don't know if Alex barely got into our left rear or if he packed there, uh, but he certainly slowed down our momentum, and I think Clint was just beating and banging. But then I got on the plane, and I was like, you know what? That car drove like for two days, so there's a solid chance Clint wanted to tear the left side off of it just so he didn't have to drive it again for a while. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it. I mean, obviously, I thought watching them just door slam each other, pretty much just Clint door slamming him um, across the line was a little excessive for what happened off at three. But we've seen this before. Every point matters. You know what I mean? You need every point. So that one point could be the difference in, you know, you guys, I don't know where you I'm sure you're, what, just 10th, 12th point, something like that. I mean, I mean, you're you're a couple bad races away from being putting yourself right in the bubble, so you need to get all the points you can get. Yeah, it was exciting to watch. I looked off the corner, and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I just want to hear Clint's audio from that part. He yeah. didn't say anything. He didn't I just want to hear Clint's audio. Kevin Hamlin was, uh, was on the spotter stand at the end. He spots for Alex Bowman, and I walked down there on my way out of the building. And I was like, how about that photo finish? I don't think he thought it was funny. He didn't really talk to me. I guess he's mad. <laughs> he gets mad sometimes. He might have, he might Kevin can get butt hurt. Hey, remember he punched Herm? Yeah. He <laughs> punched Herm in New Hampshire in the ribs. In a K&N race. Gave him a rib shot. <laughs> I think he's mad about the next topic. Uh, I think he's uh, mad about the next Kevin, one. Had a bad, I thought Kevin was going to. Had a bad day. I thought he was going to kick TJ in the kahunas one time at Talladega during a bush race. Oh yeah, he got really mad. It was absolutely nothing that I could control either. Like, yeah, you we're, were spotting for Algar. I had Elliot. Yeah. Who did he have? Casey. Oh yeah, Casey Kane was in it. Yeah, he yeah. got mad at you, dude. We were coming to pit road, and Justin drove. I guess Justin got to pit road a little bit better and drove down the inside. Like, w- w- I have zero to do with any of that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop. TJ stop. only ever has anything to do with it if it's positive. It's, if I it's mean, negative, TJ's hands off. It's, you don't control your where your guy slots in on pit road when he's coming and someone slows down early when he thinks. I mean, your guy. Look at Kyle. Does Kyle ever follow anybody to pit road? No, no absolutely not. But you know, you don't really. You just hope your guy doesn't speed on the pit road is all you're hoping at that I just, point. I was watching that race play out, and, you know, a lot of times back in the day, you hate to say that, but you would see guys go into the tunnel, and you'd see them lift early, and you'd see them set their exit up, drive underneath the guy. Like, you used to be able to outsmart the guys that you were racing. Now you have to out them. Like, yeah. you, you have to race like a complete butthole in order to maintain your position on restarts and in order to advance, I truly think that's why Blaney ended up wrecking Kyle because he knew he had to race like a butthole. He had a gap, and he shot the gap, and then Kyle kind of crowded him, and boom, you're wrecking, right? It's 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 a whole new this, world of this, racing Especially out here. a place like Pocono, if you can do something to hold a guy off for two laps, eventually, like, we were not great yesterday. You held the leader off for a yeah. handful of laps yeah. for a while. We, we were not stuck, great. I mean, we, we were behind were, you, too. We I mean. were probably a 20th place car all day, all weekend, really. But if we got track position, we could run fourth for twenty laps, and then we yeah. could the, call, the leader caught us, and and we were you know we were holding him up, you know obviously, but he couldn't get around us until like if if the second place car started getting closer, we'd let him go obviously. But I mean, like unless we moved over for him, they, they it was going to take him three or four laps to get around us. I mean, it was it was so hard to pass. So you got to race these people, and if you can outrun them, get you know get a good restart, outrun them, and get in front of them, it's it's going to be a while before they can get around you. Yeah, for sure. Spot on, spot off, NASCAR penalizes Justin Haley for aggressive driving after he turned Riley Herbst in the Xfinity race, but doesn't penalize Myatt Snyder for turning Noah Gregson. Spot on, spot off, TJ. 
spot on for the penalty. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but they're, I don't know, it's hard to, like, when that, when this happened blatantly in Vegas, was there a penalty involved? Nope. No penalty. I don't remember the last time we had a penalty. It's been years. Remember, boys have at it came about. And the last penalty that I remember after that was when Matt Kenseth got kicked out of the sport for two weeks for rough driving. Outside yeah. of that, I don't remember anybody being held on pit road. Now, before that, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, I remember guys being held five laps. I remember guys being parked. We during got parked the race. in a truck race. Yeah. With, with Tyler Reddick. Legitimately parked. At but, Pocono. But the regime change kind of changed all that, you know, and here we are. It, look, did he wreck him on purpose? Yes. Yes. Um, is NASCAR consistent with parking people? No. <laughs> That's what I have a problem with. I'm pretty with. sure I was at the Roval last year and watched somebody do the exact same thing to my guy and had zero penalty. Yeah. So. Did Kyle Busch wreck Bubba Wallace on purpose last year at Watkins Glen? Oh, no. I don't know about that. But did, I'm talking did Bubba about Wallace, Bubba, did Bubba, Bubba Wallace, turned him back. Did Bubba wreck Kyle on purpose? Bubba turned him back. Then Bowman wrecked us at, you know, Bub, Bowman did the exact same thing at the Roval. We did the exact same thing at Watkins Glen. And Haley, I mean. I don't know. I really don't know what the hell Haley was thinking about. I understand. I understand you've had a run in with this guy before at Bristol. He probably he might have cost you a race at Bristol. He loosened you up. I didn't think that Riley touched him off of three. I thought he just packed he air and loosened him. him up. I was watching it. Um, and then you go down the front straightaway and throw away your chance at a hundred thousand dollars so you can hook this guy in the fence. Like for one, you either got to be way better about wrecking somebody so you don't tear your car up, or two, just have the you know, mental fortitude to say, "All right, hold. I'm I'm racing for something bigger here. You know, this is not the day where I need to pay this guy back. Like it, it just, it just didn't seem smart. And 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 obviously, I think you have to have a penalty. And you can say they're not consistent, but eventually they got to draw the line somewhere. And maybe this is where they draw the line. So where now this is going to be, this is going to be a consistent call going forward. On 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 the on the Noah and Snyder thing, I mean, Myatt hooked Noah, but. Myatt did it in a position where he could blame it on other people. You know, you know, he could say the twenty-two had him pushed and jacked him up. You know, I think and it was, the nine ran him up too. Yeah, oh yeah, the bit, nine so. squeezed him. The nine got loose, and then nine moved back down to give him room. It seemed like, and then that's when the twenty-one turned down into him. I can't but, defend a guy who wrecks the entire field. You're defending a guy. I, I'm not you're defending def- him. You're I just defending said he guy wrecked everybody. That wrecked one car, and and then that one car wrecked twenty other cars. Like. I can't defend that guy. I'm it's not, it's, it's not a it's not a, a man versus man at that point. It's a man screwing every man in the field. Like I can't I can't let that go. Like I know Myatt. I work with Myatt. Myatt's usually not that guy. Both of these guys had severe brain farts. Oh, yeah. Justin Haley had a brain fart in the sense of he wrecked him on purpose. I don't have a problem with that. He tore up his own car wrecking him. All right, now you got a penalty. Now you're out of a hundred grand. All I mean, we all know Justin Haley would have ran top four. Which puts him in a position to, to win a hundred grand. Myatt Snyder, however, he wrecked that guy, and he he turned him knowing you're on a restart, man. Yeah, you, that is a plate style wreck, and and, and man, I, I have a big problem with that. that. And I would imagine Junior Motorsports has a problem with that. It wiped out their whole fleet except for Annette in one shot. I mean, the whole fleet. And and you you know we heard about some rumors maybe of, of Noah and and Maya getting into it at the race, and that I don't agree with because. Obviously, Myatt wasn't very bright for hooking him in front of the whole field. But guess what, Noah? You wrecked Myatt blatantly, in-car camera, hands turning right at Vegas. Was there a penalty? There was no penalty. And you could tell after the race that Myatt probably wasn't very happy with you. 
So now, listen, if he wrecks you, he wrecks you. That's it. And you kind of you kind of push the envelope when you use him up at that point in the race. You know he's in the lane that you want to be in, and you try to. And I'll tell you this, man. Noah's getting good at, at pushing the envelope in, in, in spots like that. He's pushing guys to the edge, making them lift, or making them. And he's getting he's getting away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's running good. I mean, um, but it's now he realized he pushed a guy too far, and the guy's not going to take it. He's so. pushed the seven too far his own teammate a lot of times this year. And I, and, by, and I say that to back up what TJ is saying about how hard he's racing. He is he, he put himself on an island in terms of how he's going to race people. And now this is one time where – But we, we really didn't open him. a can of worms with these guys spinning out on purpose uh, until Bubba ran his mouth, and then he got fined, what, fifty grand. Fifty thousand. Um, now we've opened the can of worms of, oh, you wrecked on purpose. We might penalize you. Look, we either are or we're not. When we go to short tracks – we know what the rules are. We know some short tracks are not going to take it. Some are. If Wayne Alton's going to draw, draw that line in the sand, he needs to communicate that to his competitors. The reason I say that, you know, I watched Daniel Hemrick's interview after it, and he's like, he's like, well, I was right, you know, in line there. And, you know, the nine started sliding up. So he saw what was getting ready to happen. Yep. And when you see another driver give their point of view, and he tells you, I saw the nine sliding up, you know, I know what Noah's trying to do. He wanted that spot. He wanted that air. He wanted that guy behind him. Um, that was his shot yeah. at getting up there and, Winning the race, but yeah. I get it, man. You go for it, man. But this is the repercussions of putting yourself in that spot. You make your own luck. Make a guy mad. He's you, not gonna put you, up with you it. You can't emphasize enough the importance of getting up right there. You know oh, that, that so big. That, it's three spots. If, yeah, I mean, if you if you can get up and not be hung on the bottom, you're, if you get hung on that bottom right there, you're watching at least three or four guys drive by you before you get to the tunnel. There's a lot of a lot of racers that listen to us. Let me give you racers some advice. If you're gonna wreck a guy on purpose, do it in the corner. Because it's obvious when you do it and, on straight away. And probably don't do it in front of the whole field. Yeah. Spot on, spot off. Record amount of cautions in the Pocono truck race. How about Freddie? Spot off. I was trying to wake up because it was 9 o'clock in the morning and we couldn't even make it to turn two. Uh, I don't know. I saw – I don't. it was right behind uh, Derek. It was uh, I was spot for Derek Krause. So it was right behind us and – it looked like Crafton got wiped out, and then we went another green flag lap, and the four drove through the grass and wiped the twenty-two out, and he hit a ton. I mean, I mean, not these were big wrecks, you know what I mean? Like these, I don't, I, it wasn't a spin, and you know, um, we saw. I mean, backing in hard, nosing it yeah. in hard. There was, I mean, Crafton hit a ton, <clears throat> and the four came back hit a ton. Ty Majeski hit a ton. I don't, did you guys see the video of Ty Majeski hitting that wall? I know it's been circulating around in our garage and a little bit on Twitter, but I mean, man, he moved a lot in his truck. When I got to uh, into the sport as a as an industry guy and not as a fan, um, I don't know why, but you know YouTube came out. You had the ability to go back and watch a lot of things that, that some things you knew about, some things you didn't know about. I remember watching an in car camera from Johnny Benson in a late model, and it was a very violent wreck. And I remember just being in awe. And I remember Elliot telling me the rule of thumb: everything that you can touch with your hand in the truck. Your, your head can hit it because of the way your body gives and the way seats give and the way seat belts give. The, the video of Ty Majeski hitting that inside wall at Pocono, his body looks like it moves a solid foot in that truck. And, and we know how hard these guys are supposed to strap in. And, I mean, every time Clint comes to one to go, which is a lap before we go by green, I say one to go, check your belts. And you do it out of redundancy. You do it sometimes probably not thinking they're really going to do it. A lot of times you'll see them down there. They'll reach up and grab their belts and, and tighten them down. I don't know that Ty Majeski's belts were good and tight after watching this thing. Like We've watched some dumb things go down. Ryan Priest 
put an in-car camera in his car at Pocono a couple years ago, and it was that 360-degree camera had just come out. And this clown has got a freaking headrest that's at his neck. If he had blown a tire and hit the wall, he was going to probably decapitate himself. I called him, and I was like, Priest, what are you doing? Well, that's the only seat I had. I was like, dude, you're going to – like." and he didn't put it out there for that purpose. But, I mean, there are things that we see – that, that make us cringe and make us say, man, these guys are going to get hurt. And when you see how much time Majeski launches forward in that seat, TJ, it's scary. Yeah, I, that's pretty amazing. I bet he's, I bet his shoulders are oh, purple. His neck's probably stretched out. A I bet feet. his shoulders right down here. I bet there's purple right there. Oh. And you know, I mean, this is not a rookie guy. You know, this is a guy that's been around forever. This is not, and I, I'd like to think that. His belts weren't loose, or you know, or they were as tight as they needed to be. I don't know, you know, if this is maybe it could be a mounting issue, you know, where the where the belts aren't mounted properly. But I mean, that was that was scary to watch after the race. You know, you, I saw it after the race was over. But yeah, just the back on the truck race. I mean, like, is this? Do you think this is a product? So we've seen we saw Arca have practice sessions before their races because the guys. It's a lot of young kids, a lot of inexperienced. I mean, do you think that they need to revisit that in the truck series? I mean, we've gotten through all these other races fine, but Pocono is a whole other animal, and and I, I don't know that that was a product of no practice. I think Pocono is really, really slick, man. I think that bottom lane on restarts is really, really tough to throttle up and get the get the power down. And 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 look, it's Probably a hard corner to judge with such a long straightaway. It is, but it's still entertaining. I mean, I had fun watching the truck race. I had fun watching the Xfinity Series race. Um, the cup race had its moments where it was good. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's hard for us to get in and out of that thing when we're having delays and stuff for us mentally. But I thought Pocono for 11 hours of racing, I thought it put on a good show. I, I, I say this, and I hate to say it again, but the Xfinity Series aero package is still king right now across NASCAR. Yeah. At Pocono, is just that it's got – you can pit without losing a lap, so it shuffles the pit strategies, and that makes things a lot more interesting. From a fan standpoint, honestly, again, I said it, like Xfinity Series, even trucks, they were, it was it was very entertaining compared to cars. You got a bunch of guys no, out there I mean, for the first time. Fun. It's supposed to be what it was, you know, but uh, I, yep. I think it goes back to, man, us looking at Jimmy Johnson at Bristol and not having his, no, at Phoenix, not having a steering wheel on out there and qualifying. Remember that? It pops off. He nails the wall in turn one. Could have injured himself. Like It's really small things that can put you in a position yeah. to injure yourself. Uh, so all you young racers out there, man, don't, don't skip those steps. I mean, that Majeski wreck's scary. <laughs> Buying and selling a home is not an easy process, but we have friends who will make it easier than you have ever experienced before. That's right, Brad. Our friends at OfferPad.com have simplified the process. You can sell directly to OfferPad by completing these four easy steps. First, complete the online request form so OfferPad can provide you with the best instant offer. I like instant. Second, within 24 hours, OfferPad's real estate experts will evaluate your home and present you with their best cash offer. Third, if you choose an instant offer, you can sign all your documents online and schedule an on-site inspection of your home. Lastly, benefits of selecting OfferPad's instant offer include no showings, a flexible closing date, offer pads extended stay program, and a free local move courtesy of Brett and Freddie. Learn more by going to OfferPad.com and start your moving process today. Casey had to leave. I think she had pressure on her bladder. Now we got homeboy Jason Schultz filling in for DBC. Here we go. 
Time for Xfinity Fast Lane. Time to hit the gas and take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. Let's jump into our weekly Xfinity Fast Lane segment where each person will have 10 seconds to respond to six questions. Jason, look how much better you've gotten there doing these reads since Freddie gave you that advice to stay away from Dillner's advice. <laughs> I should probably listen to Freddie. <laughs> All right, first question. Drivers reported that the traction compound wore off by the middle of the cup race on Sunday. Did the racing improve as the weekend went on and the traction compound wore off? TJ. No, the racing did not improve. The traction compound actually gave people an opportunity to get a run off turn one and off turn three. You can move around a little bit. Um, you need that with the cup cars. Freddie. I, there's a lot of factors, I think. For one, you could only use one lane of the tra- traction compound. So everybody for three races or four races was using that one lane. And two, they washed the racetrack in turn one, so I'm sure that did not help right before the cup race. The tires were awful in the cup race. The tires were awful in the cup race. You could run 40 laps, and the guys behind you with tires couldn't pass you. Uh, we don't have a we don't have a racetrack problem. We got a tire problem. Question number two: The Xfinity Series and Truck Series races on Sunday arguably produced better racing than both Cup races at Pocono. What specifically makes the racing in both those series better than Cup at the bigger tracks right now? Brett. Inexperience makes it better. Those those drivers in the lower series don't know exactly what they're doing. They don't know the tendencies of the track. They don't know the tendencies of the air, and therefore it's more entertaining. TJ. Yeah, definitely a lot of – I mean, you can't send a guy to a track like Pocono with no laps for the first time, and where do you live for turn one? Um, and then you're going to have that a handful of times this year when we, when we do no practice stuff. Freddie. Uh, yeah, obviously, hate to be a real record, it's the package. The Xfinity package is way better than the Cup package right now. You can you can put your car in places where you put other people in uncomfortable positions. But, yeah, just an experience. If you put the Cup guys in the Xfinity package, the racing would not be as good. Question number three. Christian Eckes wrecked while leading late in the truck race as he was trying to become just the second KBM truck regular to win a race in the last two-plus years. What has changed for the once-dominant truck stable, driver, talent, or equipment? Freddie. Uh, KBM still got a bunch of speed. They got some guys over there this year that are going to win races. I think Christian Eckes is going to win a race. I think um, Chandler Smith's going to come in and win some races. So they got plenty of speed. There's, there's nothing wrong with the KBM stuff. Uh, common denominator for a lot of their wins is that guy named Rudy. What truck's he on right now? 51. Yep. No, truck. I'm sorry. He's on the 18. 18. Which they were going to win the race Saturday and cut, cut a tire. Cut, cut a tire. I mean, he's yeah, they're going to they're, they're get back winning. Their, their stuff's too fast. I think it's a little bit of, a little bit of both. I think um, – I think they still got speed. Maybe not. I think some other, I don't know. I think it's went away a little bit when Kyle can't run the full schedule. When Kyle can't run as many races, you lose that knowledge, um, yeah. which helps out a bunch, I think. Question number four. Rick Hendrick drove a boat 115 miles per hour on the lake with Jeff Gordon and Denny Hamlin along as passengers. Would you get into a boat with Mr. H going that fast? TJ. Uh, sure. Well, sounds fun. I have been on a boat with Brett going 30 miles an hour, and I thought about jumping off. There is I don't care who's driving. At 110 miles an hour, if you hit the wrong wave, it's over. No. No chance. No. Answer's no. I got, I got, I got a quick story myself. Me, Elliot, and Mitch Lash got on Elliot's brand-new 38-foot fountain boat, which ran 96 miles an hour. We got up to 60 and my cheeks were flapping. I looked over at Elliot and I said, if you don't slow down, I'm jumping off. He's like, what? And then he hits this little button and this thing pitches and I about to have a heart attack. And I said, if you don't slow the f*** 
down. I am jumping off. I would feel safer jumping off of this damn thing. Uh, dude, 115 miles an hour is fast That's on flying. land. It is absolutely flying on water. Yeah. Uh, rule number one, I'm breaking it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm breaking every rule. Rule number one, don't be a wuss. I'm, I'm wussing that, up right here. That's not rule number one. I know, but it's Clay Rhymes with it. <laughs> All right, question number five. The Xfinity Series will race on the Indianapolis road course for the first time in history on Saturday. If the race is a success and the Cup Oval race proves to be a snoozer, would you want the Cup Series to move to the road course in 2021? Brett. We're already there, so we may as well run two days. Run a Saturday road course, Sunday Cup race. Man, we, uh, we've got some tracks going away, like Chicago, potentially some others, so... We're going to have to have new venues in 2021, no matter how you look at it. This could be one of them. TJ. Yeah, road course racing, I'm all for adding a few more road courses. They're always really good races. Uh, and these guys, they're all good at road courses, so it's 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 just it's a good race. Do you catch the caution at the right time? Things like that. And you, maybe you could run in the rain. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, everybody and their brother wants to see us go back to IRP or something. I don't think you'll see Roger let go of this cup race for a while now that he's bought um, IMS. But... Yeah, I'm down. Whatever. That, that that oval race is tough, so I'm down for the road course. Off the wall question. Would you rather sleep in a cold room with no heat all winter or a hot room with no AC all summer? Freddie. Cold room. I, my my AC is set at about 37 degrees. I freeze my wife out of the house. I, I'm fat. I can't be hot. It's no fun. Cold room. Uh, you don't, dude. If you think I like being hot, you see what color I, I turn real red when I get hot, and I'm, I, man, I'm hot in here. Now I'll take me. I can put clothes on. I can get a sleeping bag. I got all sorts of tools to to warm up. I can't cool off, TJ. Yeah, I take in a cold room. You can't sleep. Who the hell wants? Do, do we know? I mean, who wants to sleep in a hot room? Like, if my AC, I can tell when my AC goes up a degree. You know what I mean? Like, Dave's wife, Christine, dog treat Dave. His wife would pick. The other really, one. dude? It'll be ninety degrees outside, and she walks outside with a with a shawl and a blanket around her. I'm like, woman, what are you doing? It's hot. Uh, I am missing my heated blanket in the studio right now. Oh my god! Yeah, you you look so masculine with that electric blanket, Jason. It looks like a normal blanket, unless you say it's a heated blanket. <laughs> it's called an electric blanket. It's not called a heated blanket. <laughs> Same thing. Just like that, we're almost at the end of the show. That went by way too fast. Almost as fast as Xfinity Internet. Get reliably fast speeds for all your streaming needs. Shout out to Xfinity, our premier partner of NASCAR, and our lovely podcast. And make sure you follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter to keep you connected with behind-the-scenes NASCAR content you don't get anywhere else. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. First question from at JRMoney underscore 28. On larger tracks like Daga and Pocono, how much of each lap are you spotting through binoculars and how hard is it to transition from binoculars to traditional line of sight? TJ. Um, just depends on what the situation is. You're looking to Talladega if you're, you're always monitoring the gaps behind you, but if it's single file by the wall, you're probably not going to have your binoculars up the entire time. Uh, but, you know, depends on if you're leading it. You're probably not having a binoculars up every time because you can see where they're side by side, how many rows they are back. But if you're the car that's fourth in line and they're side by side behind you, you got them up and you're watching runs and you're looking at things. Uh, Pocono, 
same deal. If you're not racing anybody down to the corner, you're probably not putting your binoculars up every single time down there. Um, you know, on restarts and everything, sure, almost every corner there for a few laps. Uh, but after that, it kind of thins out and you don't use them. Yeah, Pocono, I I mean, on a restart, I'll put them up just so that I can tell if we're two or three wide, yeah. three quarters of a mile down there to turn one, especially now. I was, uh, you guys are both in the turn one side, right? For the cup race? Yeah. I was down there turn three, and <laughs> you thought turn one was hard before. Like, you couldn't even tell if a guy pulled out without your binoculars looking down there this time. Um, but yeah, I don't, it restarts for a couple laps of Pocono, and then, and then once it gets strung out, you don't really need them. Um, Talladega, use them more, obviously, but same thing. If, if it's not packed up racing, you're really not probably using them a whole lot. Talladega, we're using it for 90% of the lap. When they exit the trioval, we put binoculars up, and we have them up all the way until they enter the trioval. Uh, Pocono, completely different. We didn't used to use binoculars at all at Pocono, um, to be honest with you guys. Um, But then as these rules have changed, I used my binoculars more yesterday than I've ever used them, but we ran in that 10th to 20th window. Restarts have gotten insane. Like you used to get single file really quickly at Pocono now, like four laps after. If you're back there 15th, man, you're still two, three wide. Um, you get one slow guy in front of you, it bottlenecks the whole thing. But I, I don't love using binoculars at plate at, at tracks other than plate races because it really screws up your peripheral vision and your ability to help those guys miss wrecks. I mean, if Freddie's got his binoculars up and Priest wrecks, solid chance Freddie can only see Bubba and he can't see Priest wreck. And now you don't, you don't, you're not able to help your driver. So uh, very, very important for us not to use binoculars when it's not necessary. And I see a lot of guys on the roof. Um, that that use binoculars too much, and I literally upset. It's even during practice. I look down, and I'm like, "What are you looking at?" I looked. I'm not gonna say who it was. I looked down, and I saw a guy using binoculars at Martinsville. Wow, M- Martinsville. I said Martinsville. <laughs> There's a solid chance you need a new line of work. You, I don't even know where my binoculars are when I'm at Martinsville. I, yeah, I don't. Mine are in my bag. I know that much. They don't come out. What number? car <laughs> i literally might have had a five in it <laughs> oh no oh uh, oh my gosh so i'll just get this out of the way now before we get to our stupid rant um he luckily he went around long enough on saturday to do anything stupid the double zero just wiped out another one of their cars no big deal but uh the friday uh sunday i watched i'm just i just happened to catch it because we were like i don't know 20 30 cars behind it uh, off of three, I see two cars just door each other and then split up. I was like, whoa, that was that was big. I look, double zero, 19. Just drove straight into the side of the 19 off of three. Like, wow, <laughs> this, this guy's lost. I don't even know how you – luckily, he was doing a meet and greet, though. You know, we got these strict guidelines where we don't – we're not supposed to be around anybody, and, and he's going out and doing meet and greet and signing autographs. I'm pretty I'm a, sure. I'm, I'm assuming pretty there wasn't, sure nobody yeah, was there for I'm that. I'm pretty sure there wasn't many people around. Solid chance the three of us could get he more was, people at a buy-low grocery store was, to come see he us. He was probably still social distancing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I got to say two things to our buddy Kip who listens. First of all, us being on two different spotter stands was phenomenal. We were not nowhere near as on top of each other. We weren't fighting for space. I could we see better, honestly. We weren't fighting to see turn one. It was safer for all of us, safer for our competitors. Number two, Kip. When you're driving the pace car and it's raining and you say, Tower, we're not losing the racetrack, but it's changing colors, that doesn't make sense. Because if it's changing colors, TJ, what do you think's happening? It's a dry rain. 
You're losing the racetrack, Kip. <laughs> I couldn't tell why they kept asking Stenhouse what the hell was going on with the racetrack. Did you catch that? 47, what do you got? 47, what do you got? I think Kip's <laughs> – I'm assuming Kip's – because all these guys have numbers. They don't ever use their names on, their, on the NASCAR radio. And it's like, 47, what do you – I'm assuming that was Kip. Was you don't have any idea how bad I wanted to go green that one time whenever uh, he said, want to go at the line, and it was like a rain, and I'm like – I'm like 25th. I'm like, let's do it, boys. It wasn't, it wasn't Kip. I don't know who. I don't know if you guys know, but I don't know who drives the chase truck. But there was one time it. You could see it. It was raining like hard in turn three, and he's like, uh, it 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 started for a second, but it's gone away. And I'm like, well, maybe maybe I'm seeing something completely different, or maybe it just stopped right where he's at. Yeah. But it was pouring. It felt like, and that's when they soaked the track. We're down. not losing the track tower, but it's changing colors. I was 26 when that was going down. I'm like, throw the green, man. Let's oh, go. Yeah. We're going to get halfway down the front row and be like, just lay off a little bit here, boy. Just hang on. <laughs> yep, I love you. I'm just trying to help you. This is all out of love. You have a 40 geniuses listening to you. Don't ever forget that. Kip, turn it off because when I get to the rant, you're not going to want to hear it. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> condone anything Freddie's going to say. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> Last question from Mike Barbone, 191. Since we had a 9.30 a.m. start time, if I was in attendance, I'd be cracking open a beer before the green flag. What's the earliest you've ever started drinking? I haven't quit drinking. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, there's, <laughs> don't stop. There's, there's been many days where you yeah. don't, I mean, 1 o'clock in the morning, Gosh, midnight. Dudgeon <laughs> built that western town. And there, like you get in there, and we would hit, go in the saloon there back in the day, and you'd look outside and be like, man, I wonder what time it is. And you see it like light outside, you're like, oh. Well, I guess I know what time it is. So, <laughs> so, and Dillner's probably done this. Um, the earliest, the, one of the biggest things I used to do every year after I turned, I don't know, probably 16. <laughs> I mean, what I, but what I mean is 21. Um, is St. Patty's Day, you get on the damn train, you start drinking at, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning, and you go into the city for the parade. You know, you go bar hopping, you go to the parade a little bit, and that was just a day. I mean, you were drunk and blackout drunk by dinner time and you were back on the train going home but yeah we used to start damn i mean it was as early as you can get on the train and take that and the, the train was just non-stop people with 12 packs it was a it was a complete shisho shisho for for hours on that train right in there i think this guy's asking like you've been to bed and you're waking that's up what I, that's what i'm saying seven o'clock what's your earliest start early. time and we had noon kickoffs for college football and I remember getting up at six thirty, seven in the morning, painting my toenails, uh, wearing some sandals, Excuse cracking me. open a Bud Light. Hold on, pouring Hold a crown on, wait. of ginger. Stop, back the <laughs> f- up. What did you say? Did you say painting your toenails? Man, I, there was an, there was a there was a Friday night. Uh, we'd all been at Five Points, which is a big hangout. In I've Columbia. been there once. Yeah, uh, you remember it? <laughs> no. <laughs> we went to Five Points. We came back to our apartment and. Uh, these, these girls wanted to paint our toenails. Well, I was the only one <laughs> dumb enough to say, yeah, well, we won the game the next day. So I was like, man, this has got to be good luck for us. So I let them paint my toenails. So then every game day I'd wake up, paint my own toenails, and crack open a beer. And, uh, man, I miss college. You've stopped painting your toenails last few years, right? Yeah. That's oh, good luck. He yeah, painted them in Martinsville a couple years ago when Clint won. So <laughs> every painted. morning he's got 14s on his yeah. big toe. I, man, I, you know what? You guys want to paint my toenails, I'll we let you. We did the Father's Deal in Michigan whenever uh, – Dell Jr. won, and they did the uh, Father's Day Olympics. I covered for Stevie. Uh, I covered for Latart with his kids in the in the bus lot, and they painted my nails, and then we won. So it was almost That's... a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to rant. So I'm out. TJ's leaving. That's where Freddie gets uh, his under- hard card pulled. <laughs> I don't understand how this screw up happens. 
but this was a royal screw up. Let me guess. Spider stands. Nope. Oh. The 47 car stalls on the front straightaway. And this probably didn't make it to TV, so nobody even knows about it. I don't know if it was talked about on Twitter at all. I didn't go back and look. I saw him pull over. The 47 stops on pit road, uh, stops on the racetrack. Couldn't get his car refired. Whatever it was, I'm not sure. Still to this day, I don't know what happened. But so he gets a tow truck to come back behind him and push him. So now the tow truck starts pushing him. So instead of going all the way around the racetrack like you're supposed to, he hangs a left at the end of pit wall, and the tow truck pushes him the wrong way up pit road. So I get on my radio. I'm like, well, I feel like this probably shouldn't be legal. And my crew chief's like, what do you mean? And he sees him go by. He's like, what the hell? So now what you've done is essentially save this guy because uh, the, the field's coming back. We've already passed him one time. He stopped. We're coming back around. So now we're going to lap him. And as you're pushing him, we're going to continue to lap him. So now he's going to lose a second lap. And the way it was going to time out, I believe, is he was going to be getting to pit road or close to pit road as – as we're getting ready to go green. So now if they're pushing him down pit road still, he's going to turn in wherever he turns in, which turned out to be victory lane, and probably lose another lap while we're racing under green. So you're looking at being at least two, maybe three laps down. But instead what happens is they push him back the wrong way, save him all that time of going all the way around the racetrack at 30 mile an hour. And now he fixes his car, backs out. They got 12 people in victory lane working on it. I thought nobody's allowed in victory lane. But now you back out, and he drives out. He doesn't lose another lap. He's on one. He's one down. He comes out two laps at the end of the stage. He gets a lucky dog at the stage, saves his whole race, finishes seventeenth, and there's no there's no penalty. There's I don't know. I, is this legal? I want to know if this is legal now because if I have, if my guy gets a flat and, and it's off a of four, I'm gonna have him stop and come back the wrong way on pit road. Like you can't have this. This is ridiculous. How'd this happen? I bet you don't. Why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's gonna save your damn race. Yeah. I mean, how does this happen? If you have to turn up pit road and go backwards. You're basically, to me, you're pulling up to pit. It's like pulling up to yeah. pit, basically. You're passing the field to pit. I mean, I'm fine with it if you want. If you're going to be out of the race, if you know, if you're, if you, you know, I just blew my yeah, motor up. Done. You know, you're done. Yeah. You're coming back. You know, I'm, yeah, just, I'm just trying then, to say. Even then, he was going head on into traffic. The, yeah. the, 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 the cars the, the that were down lap cars. down cars were driving head on toward Ricky Stenhouse. So, so Ricky turns down pit road which is smart on his part absolutely he's saving himself several minutes which is saving himself several laps uh so the guy pushing him had he ever been to a racetrack before does he not know the rules i mean i don't does, what, the tower, what, does tower not realize they have to say hey stop we got to correct this i mean i don't i don't understand i don't even, and I, to be honest with you i don't even know what you can do i, I guess you can give him a one lap penalty for, for you that's what i was saying but, it's the same thing you would get for pulling up the pit you got to hold him a lap yeah, at least i mean you got to do something you just can't let the guy i mean his race was like it it cost like it us, never happened it cost us a spot in the race obviously it cost us potentially a spot in the points because we're within 10 or 12 points of ricky so now instead of finishing he's finished a 17th instead of maybe like 28th or 29th you yeah. know obviously it's not it's too early in the season but you know, it just it, it has a lot of ripple yep. effects to to what happened right there. To me, it's the same. I mean, you're literally pulling up to pit. You're passing yeah. you're passing the field to hit pit road, so you're saving yourself a complete lap. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you should. It should be a. It's pulling up to pit. If you go up pit road backwards, you're saving yourself a lap. It, so, and I'm. I mean, I just I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. I, I just want to know if I can do it. No, hell with it. My, what's gonna happen next? We talked about consistency earlier. If 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 I had that same problem Sunday, guess what I'm doing? And then guess what's going to happen? Yeah, to you? I'm going to get a penalty. You know, what I mean, I'm going to get yeah. a one lap penalty. So, and I don't know, you know, I don't know that. I'm sure they noticed it. I'm sure they were talking about it. But you know what? What's what? 
I wonder who was running second in the lucky dog spot at that point in time. I don't. That's know. the person it that got been, it. Yeah, hard. That's, yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. just I didn't even realize it. You know, we we run. It was it was right before the end of a stage. I think it was like that three lap stage run. Yeah, I saw and, him pull over, and, and he, I saw him go to victory lane, and I was like, well, uh, the, the yellow come out or the check green checker, and they're like. 47, lucky. I was mad. When I saw it happen, I was mad. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I'm like, yeah, he'll be fine. Whatever. It's not really the end of the world. He's going to save a little bit of time. So then we get the checkered, and they're like, 47, lucky dog. And I'm like, are you me? Now this guy's back on the lead lap. I got to race him the rest of the day. He should be three laps down. Well, that's what I saw. I saw a car going down pit road backwards, and I was like, well, this isn't legal. Then I saw a guy sitting, and y'all know me. I'm a smart I thought he was done. I yeah, did too. I'm that's the smart what I thought. Ass. I see him turning to victory lane. I'm like, well, this ain't this ain't allowed. You, only the driver and and one media person is allowed <laughs> in victory lane. Like we can't have the whole crew and the driver in victory lane here. Like Ricky's celebrating something. So then I'm like, well, he gone. We won't see him the rest of the day. I don't realize that he gets a lucky dog until after the race. Freddie and I are grabbing some dinner at Murphy's, and they're like, Freddie's like, man, you won't believe it. Ricky Stenhouse beat me today, and I'm like, what? And then you obviously know why immediately. So, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big screw up. All right, DBC picks. Brett won race one at Pocono on Saturday with William Byron. And TJ, TJ. won Hallelujah. yesterday with race winner Denny Hamlin. Now it's 8-5-2 to five to two with Brett leading Freddie in second, TJ in third. Let's make some picks had, from Indy. We had really, really bad picks on Saturday to really, really good picks on Sunday. Our, t- Brett won with a 14th place finish on Saturday. Holla at boy. And then t- I was, TJ was first, I was third, Brett was ninth. On Sunday, so we we hit it right. I just TJ, I need you to get some more races, man. I need the only way I'm gonna catch Brett is if you start winning. He can't it ain't win. Happening, dude. Look at my finishes. Everybody <laughs> I picks thirtieth. <laughs> you got a one on there now. So how do we know who picks where? We go we go off the I last race. The last yeah. race, I would say. All right, so TJ picks last. I pick first. First. Oh, stinky. Woo, man! How many races are left before we're done playoff? Before we start the playoffs? What race number we're, are we? We're on? just past halfway. I think there's like. 11 or 12 left. Yeah. Oh, we're in oh, trouble. We I'm in trouble lot. here. Oh, I'm in big trouble. I'm running out of people. Yep. Um, this guy, we don't know the starting order yet, do we? No. No. Um, I know what you're going to pick, and it's going to screw me. Me but. too. I love screwing you guys over. Who, 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 what are you guys leaning toward right here? <laughs> <laughs> Does it start with an A, end in an A? <laughs> what? No, nah, but you can who, have him. Who? Yeah, that was my pick. Go ahead and take him. I am going to go with a guy that I thought had a lot of speed, Ryan Blaney. I was going to take Ryan Blaney. Holla. Then Got him. I will take Eric Amarola. That's who I was on the fence about. Mm, we don't have. We got a long, long way to go since you guys are taking ringers. I'm just going to go ahead and take Michael McDowell. Hey, McDowell S- runs pretty good there. Solid pick. I mean, what else are you going to use him? He, and he ran – I mean, he was fast. I mean, I feel like – He finished in, top 10 I feel Saturday. like Indy and Pocono are pretty comparable. You know, one of the turns at at Pocono – I don't even know which turn it is – is, you know, designed after Indianapolis. Well, they say this the tunnel turn is what Todd Parrott always said. Todd yeah. Parrott would say if you're fast across the tunnel, you're going to be fast at Indy. Yeah, and, and and Michael was good. You know, they had the right pitch strategy. What did he finish, seventh or eighth on, on I'd love to get Todd Parrott on this show. He's funny. Hey – I think Todd Parrott belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's hard to argue that. Eventually, at one point, I mean, he'll be in. A, I think he'll be in at one point. He's the man. I enjoyed working with Todd. You never had to wonder what he was thinking. And good news too, man. I mean, we keep talking about seeing progress in society. The owners are back at the racetrack this weekend. They had their own little bus lot spread out out there outside of the racetrack. They had their own suites. They were allowed to go in. 
uh, and social distance in. Um, so we've, we've had some stuff go on here where fans were allowed to come for a couple weeks. Now we're obviously taking a few weeks off because the states we're going to. Owners are back at the track. We're going to get this thing back to normal eventually. Eventually. So just hang in there with us, man. And listen to your listen to the guidelines, man. Yeah. I mean, I I I guess uh, if I had a rant, just do it. Do what the government stuff says. I don't know. I mean, like people. There's a reason why they're telling us to do this stuff, and it's you know we can we can knock it out if we all work together with it quicker rather than all have our own ideas. Yeah. I agree yeah, that's, with that's you. my opinion, but I agree with you. We're off to Indy. I am uh, excited about going to Indy. I was just texting my travel lady, Jennifer Stimbaris, who is one of the best in the business. I'm trying to figure out when I'm supposed to be there, when I got to be there, because I want some St. Elmo's. Yeah, some shrimp cocktail. I got to go. I got to practice this week. Practice, practice. Oh, what the hell is that? Oh, we're going to a new track, so got they got to let you practice. Got a couple hours of practice. I don't know about an hour and forty minutes of practice. It's got the old dinger on a road course. Ooh. Hopefully, uh, if he stays on the pavement, there's no way you beat him or Cindric. They got to be the top two favorites by a lot, right? cindric uh, has been fast lately. Yeah, like he's he take like you did Xfinity race, right? No, or I no? didn't do it this week. No, you didn't either, did you? Oh, we were no, watching, watching, we were watching like, it. It seems like the last month, man. They dropped the green flag. He's taken off. Like he's three wide around the outside. Like just going, man. So, and this is his. I promise you, he's been. He's ready for this real course. Now. There's there's no doubt that the, the two best teams in Xfinity Series right now, Stuart Haas and Penske, that would make sense. you know. And then you got, in my opinion, Colleg, uh and JRM right there. What's weird is we know those Gibbs cars are a lot faster than where they're running. Those those those, uh, those drivers, obviously Harrison Burton's got to win. Uh, but those drivers are going to have to – they're going to have to step it up, man. Harrison's doing good for his experience that he's gotten so far. He's got a little learning curve still. But, I mean, this is his first year, one year of trucks, right? Uh well one I think yeah, one full and a and a bunch of starts before that he's got a lot of starts and a lot of stuff yeah. yeah yeah he's I mean I think he's doing okay I think he's I think he's uh better than Brandon Jones you know at, at, I, I think he's better than ceiling, Brandon Jones his ceiling's now. higher yeah his ceiling's me. way higher Riley I'm still uh I don't know about Riley he's uh he crashes a lot I mean obviously this week he got wrecked but. You know, it's just he's got to clean that up. He's got to put himself in better positions. Yeah. But um, he's yeah. fast, but just has that one moment. Yeah. Like Arca Race at Talladega, that one moment. And yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Help us out by sharing the show on social media. Send us your thoughts. Leave some Apple reviews as well. Appreciate it. Only good reviews. We don't want to hear anything, Ben. Yeah. Somebody reviewed something about, like, I don't know, helping with our car insurance or something like that. Did you – uh? Did you ask Bubba if he shift his pants? So I, I, he said he shift his pants. I shift my pants. <laughs> when it, exactly when it happened, I said, "Good job, I'll be back." I said, "I'm gonna need a minute." They were showing uh, the end car of Chase Briscoe, and he was doing all that shifting. Oh yeah! And I just started laughing. I was like, "He shift his car." <laughs> yeah. And then he about then he <laughs> probably did shift his pants he too. He shift his seat. <laughs> hey, down the backstretch, down that long pond. He started. I'm leading the race, and all of a sudden, it's like, Whoa, oh god. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that in car was hilarious when he started having. I mean, what the guy take the lead back? Ten laps later, I mean, spun it was out. like <laughs> it was like seven laps, wasn't it? I don't remember. I don't. Or was it fifteen? It was either it, seven or fifteen. Yeah, it was something. It was yeah. ridiculous either way. Yeah, appreciate fun, you guys fun listening. Watching battle. Yeah, appreciate you listening, and uh, talk to you after Indy. We out, hard. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.